0: What's up, everybody? UFC Roundup is back. UFC 288 is in the books. Very awesome, interesting event. Some big fights, some big results, some new contenders for sure, Michael. If anything, I say that is the big standout from this past weekend's fight is that we got some people that are going to be lined up for some title fights based on this weekend. And I got to say, before we get into our five rounds, which we're going to jump right into today, and then we're going to talk a little bit of shop afterwards. But we, we were kind of right on a lot of things, right? We said, don't count out Yan Nan. You called that right off the bat. That played out perfectly. You called out how Sterling was going to handle things. I was wrong. We're going to talk about it later. I owe you some sandwiches. That is for sure. What are your initial thoughts on 288, Mr. Sandwich King? Now you know, like,
1: doing them? <laughs> I think that the first and foremost, Aljamain Sterling solidified his spot at the top of the mountain in my opinion, yeah. what is the most stacked, talent-rich division in the UFC. Uh, you know, he, he really, you know, he put his stake at the top of the mountain and really showed he's the king. People need to, everybody wants to find reasons to discredit him, whether it's a illegal knee or a controversial decision or a one arm Dillashaw. It's like everybody needs to get off it and just s- accept the fact that this man is just that good at fighting. Yeah. And then, like you said, Paul, the contenders, I think people counted out Yan nan you know, the second that fight was booked. And then your boy Bilal. Bilal stepped up in a situation where I had to eat my own words because I knew Bilal had the skills. I just worried about the short notice, coming off of Ramadan, and then this newfound set of adversities he had to deal with with his ankle that we saw throughout the fight week. That came out before Roundup, so... You know, it was a it delivered. It delivered storylines, it delivered contenders, it delivered greatness. So it was yeah. UFC 288, in my opinion, it was a success. And I had a lot of fun watching it. Maybe not the Cron Gracie fight, no disrespect, but the rest of the yeah. fight was good. Yeah, that that
0: that was one I expected more. And I think Dane yeah. expected more from him as well. A bit of a disappointment. But yeah, the the fight, the fights as a whole, yeah, they they did deliver. I was struggling, man. I was like this. But my eyeballs <laughs> going on the East coast, these pay-per-views are starting to really make my old, old age start to oh. show itself badly, dude.
1: Oh, I need to you move out Wait, with I, me, Paul. We were at I, Chad, we were at it. We were at Zona I tried to do that. tacos and high-end tequila shots. Oh. oh, it was great. Sigo de Mayo was the success. Well, I had,
0: <laughs> I had Ashling's communion party that day. And of course I'm a psycho. So I got up super early to run with my cousin. Oh, yeah. So I got up at like five 30. Did 10 miles, then did. Jeez. Had to go to church, had to do our whole thing for Ashling. Everything was well. You know, there's just, a, as you know, a lot going on personally as well. So, yeah, to, to stay up, it was, I mean, I was, a little, but I made it. And then oh, I rewatched, Good job. But that being said, we got some awesome, uh, yeah, five rounds. Uh, questions in. from you guys, the fans. Thank you again, everybody. Me and Michael will try to put reminders out there, but don't be shy to just. Hashtag UFC Roundup. If there's something that you think you want to talk about, something you want us to talk about, send it our way. And we are watching. We're liking some of your comments. We're trying to get it on here. So with that being said, Morgan, let's bring up the five rounds. Let's start. All right. Why doesn't sudo go up to 145 to fight a top contender for a chance at a title shot there? Um, I'll go first. I I think that's a great idea. I think now that he's back in the testing pool, he went five full rounds of a very close competitive fight with a dominant champion, and and showed that even with three-year layoff, he can come in and be battling with the absolute best guys at the top. So who does a guy that loves a challenge? I, I think that would be a good idea, and I'd love to see him do that. I think he's undersized, but I think, there's a, I think he's got a shot at beating a lot of guys at 45 who are probably bigger and maybe even stronger, but maybe not as skilled as some of these Bantamweights. The Bantamweight division right now, the Bantamweight division particularly that Cejudo decided to come and throw himself right back into is a nightmare. It's a nightmare, bro. Whether it's the top 10, there it is stacked. Your thoughts, Yeah, you
1: I disagree? You know, Paul, yeah, I have to disagree with you. I, I do agree that Henry Cejudo has the skills to go up to 145 pounds. There are matchups there I think he could win. But I start to think about fights with him and let's say – you know, a Josh Emmett, a guy with ridiculous power, you know, it has good wrestling. Uh, I think about an Ilya Taporia who's fighting Josh Emmett Jacksonville, who's a big physical guy, guys that have a lot more power. And look, Henry's got a chin, he's got a high set of skills, but I don't think he should give up. I, it, it would be harder for him to get to a title fight at 145 pounds than it would be at 135. And this is why if he gets the Marab fight next. And let's say he goes out there and just dismantles Mirab and puts together an epic post-fight speech that is enough to keep Aljamain Sterling from going up to 145 to say, hey, our fight was close. Get your ass back down here and fight me again. I think that that would be better than to try to go climb that mountain at 145 pounds because once he gets... And I also think about this. Look how big Aljamain looked next to Sahudo. Look how big O'Malley looked next to Aljamain. It yeah. doesn't get, like, imagine him versus But, but to be fair, those yeah. two guys are bigger are than huge. a lot of the featherweight. They're huge. They're huge. You know? I just I just don't think, I think Henry's got amazing sets of skills. And at one point in time, I do, I the idea of C4 seemed like a real possibility. I was like, <laughs> man, this guy might be good enough to pull it off. But as yeah. time has gone on, and we've seen what Alexander Volkanovsky's become. Yeah, I'm and not saying he beats Volk. I'm no. not saying that. Yeah. I yeah, I mean, could he beat Makachev? Yeah. <laughs> that's 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 when you're like, could he beat volkanovsky That's what I say to I was saying to somebody this weekend. They were like, do you think Suhudo could beat volkanovsky I go, do you think Suhudo could beat Makachev? They're like, no. I go, well then no, <laughs> because yeah. volkanovsky was right in the running, right there, five rounds. Yeah,
0: yeah. he's such so, a savage. But yeah, to, to,
1: to button it up, I just think that for Henry, he he is here to be a champion. He's not here to just fight fights. So I think for him, it'd be stay 135 pounds get that Marab fight, try to put on a stellar all-star performance against his teammate, put out a call-out, and get yourself back in a title fight.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I, I think that's a great path, too. I think uh, he's got options, right? I mean, he's, he, he's a guy that, that can go and jump <coughs> into the top pound division and win some fights. <coughs> <coughs> and I, at this stage, though, you left for three years. Are you going to leave again? And if you do sit back and wait again, then maybe it's time to just listen. I don't know why these guys do that. Just stay in the lane or get out of the Like, you know, pull over to the side of the road and leave your car and abandon it and go find another car. Because I love
1: what Dominic said on on, uh, Ariel's show. And obviously, he doesn't like Cejudo very much or Keith Peterson for that (laughs) matter. But he said the best thing to happen to the Bantamweight division was, is Henry not winning the title? And
0: that, I saw I agree with
1: that. Because it's like the the analogy he put in about like, you know, everybody's working where you're sitting on the side being fresh and you just jump in after everyone's already beat each other up. We're all worn yeah. down. Everyone's got injuries and you got compromised contenders. Yeah. I think that's something we're going to touch on in one of our next questions too. Yeah. No, let's uh, let's see. What's the next one? Yeah. I'll you take this win. one, Paulie. Do you think the fight would have been any different had, Bilbert, had Gilbert had his left? Had Gilbert. <laughs> Do you think <laughs> this fight would have, would have been any different had Gilbert had his left? You know, maybe. Uh, that's that's kind of tough to say, because if I was to sit here and say it would have been different if Gilbert had his left, and it would sound like I'm discrediting Bilal, yeah, and the stellar right. performance that he put on and And I'm not going to do that. I'm Could it have been different? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But does but you know, I don't think it would have changed the result. What I saw from Bilal was that him, first and foremost, it was it was his offense that was putting the damage on Gilbert for two. Bilal just a man on fire right now. Point, point in case, It doesn't matter if, if Gilbert had both of his arms, three of his arms, three legs, two heads, whatever. Or no limbs at all. It doesn't matter what Gilbert brought to the table. <laughs> no Bilal limbs would gonna, be tough. Bilal was going to win that night. It's just It, yeah. it was just written. I, I think that he is just so determined. This mm-hmm. is a guy that's always in the gym. You know, I feel like Bilal, Bilal's out-of-camp training is harder than people's in-camp training because for him to show up And put on the performance he did after Ramadan, after just a few weeks' notice, and he came in there, you know, odds stacked against him. He would have never guessed. You would think that you would think most guys would just take that fight to give themselves a chance and get get a paycheck. No, he showed up there to win. So also injured,
0: we we got to we got to address that. So I mean, his ankle was big big conversation right before the fight, during during the fight. So it's not like it was even playing field. With Bilal either. He no. came in there on short notice as well, not coming off of a training camp with a sprained ankle of a Ramadan, like you talked about where he's not getting all the nutrition that he would normally be getting in, you know, yeah. building into a camp like that. And, you know, I watched Chel Sonnen talked about something uh, on his uh, little YouTube channel that I was watching earlier today too, about how, you know, Bilal made big power moves and wanting this fight to be five rounds, you know, Chell was talking about how nobody wants to work overtime to get paid, you know, not as much money and and to do the same same paycheck, but do more work just because. He kind of played a game of chicken with him out there. And even though Gilbert didn't flinch, like the whole division notices how motivated Bilal is. Say whatever you want. Love him, hate him, not love his style, love his style. The dude is out there to 100% be a champion ever since I've known him, ever since I've trained with that guy. This is all he's ever wanted to do. And I got to talk to him the other day. We were texting each other and I was like, bro, I'm so proud of you. You went and ripped this and grabbed it by the balls. You went out there, you took on a crazy guy like Gilbert Burns in a co-main event on a pay-per-view. You asked for five rounds. You got it. You had short notice to do it. You were injured and you still went out there and you pulled it off. You, you had to fight Sean Brady, who's a stud and as scary as Super they Super stud.
1: Yeah. That guy's, and it's not who he should have.
0: You know what I mean? Like, he should have been potentially fighting up. Mm-hmm. But they put him against this young guy coming up, and he beat him too. So, uh, just a big shout out to both those guys. Gilbert as well, who went out there. Both of them want to be a champion so bad that they were going to do that fight, whether it was five rounds, ten rounds, two days' notice, or a week's notice. And uh, I think they both deserve the utmost respect and big congratulations to Bilal. Who knows if it would have been any different, but both guys had injuries that they dealt through in that fight. So I think that evens the playing field. Yeah, I think
1: so too. Round three. (laughs) Knowing Colby's fight frequency, do you think Bilal should root for Leon to win? If Colby gets the belt, Bilal is looking at a two-year wait time from now. This is your boy, Paul. Yeah. You take the reins.
0: I thought this was a really good question. That, that's a really good point because, yeah. as much as Bilal wants to beat the living crap out of Colby Covington, he also wants to get in there. Yeah, he does not want to sit and wait a year. And I'm telling you, that person's right, even if 100 goes out and dominates, he's not jumping back in there in six months. It's going to at least be one full calendar year. I guarantee it until he gets back in there. He's going to negotiate the contract. He's going to play hardball. And hey, listen, I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm not saying that's the wrong way to do it. But for Bilal's sake, he's got history with both guys. One is fabricated, just talking for Kobe's sake. But he's actually got history, unfinished business with Leon Edwards. And that could be a big moneymaker for him too. If they do it over in the UK again or somewhere over in Europe as a pay-per-view and they headline or co-main event underneath of an even bigger fight potentially, I think that's best case for for Bilal is to hope that Leon wins. And um, I don't know. I mean, he wants both guys, but I would think just for the sake of staying active and getting that shot and not getting stuck in some weird limbo and potentially having to fight somebody else before it happens, I think he wants Leon.
1: Well, here's the thing. First and foremost, the fight is not going down in London, July 22nd, like it was originally supposed to be. It was going to be Leon and Colby pay-per-view July 22nd in London. That's axed. Now Leon's coming out saying, I want to fight in Abu Dhabi in October. To me, I'm like, this is from a promotional standpoint to me, a no-brainer is you send Bilal back to Abu Dhabi. You know, he's very proud of, of his roots and, you know, he's got a big following out there in the Middle East. So it's like, why would you not do the fight there? That's the one, you know, that's that. if that's what Leon wants to fight. It is a grudge match. What, however, you know, a lot of people are indifferent about it. It's like, well, Bilal wasn't doing good for that first round. It's like, well, Bilal came in on five days notice. Mr. Yeah. Anytime, anywhere, Any Place. you know, it, it, I think for Bilal and I'm not big on the whole backup fighter thing but in some cases it it is applicable because you don't know what's going to happen with these guys. Sometimes I would just do, I would try to fill in as a backup for Colby and Leon, just in case, even though you already have the spot solidified because Bilal has shown he could step, he could, I feel like he could step in on like an hour's notice and fight anybody and like be in shape. I, I, I just this weekend, like really solidified that idea in my mind. So for him, it's like, If that fight's going down in Abu Dhabi and you're not the next guy to fight Leon, if it really is Colby and Leon in, in UAE, then you fill in and hope that Colby slips on a banana peel, but it is true. Like, and I'm not saying this to be funny, Paul, but like if Colby wins, if Colby beats Leon next, I'm not saying this to be funny. The Trump campaign is going to take place and you know how involved he's going to want to be with that. And that's going to be his excuse, you know, the POTUS yeah. needs me there by his side type thing. You know, he's going to ride that guy's coattails till it's over, you know? So it's like, I really feel like I'm not, I think that would be like an excuse. Like, oh, I have to be at Trump's thing. You know, I got to be wherever Trump is. So I can't defend the title. I'm here defending America or whatever he says. So yeah, yeah. that's, I think the best case for Bilal, Leon beats Colby. And then you get to to, you know, you get the second shot. And Leon Edwards, yeah. I think we're in our...
0: agreement on that one, right? Yeah, and, and you know what? I'll actually text them later today and we'll get an official answer and be like, so who do you really <laughs> want here? But but we don't know that answer. I haven't asked him yeah. about that question, so that is our honest opinions. But next time we do roundup, uh, I'll confirm what, what yes. the uh, what the next contender wants. Maybe All we right. can get
1: him on here. Maybe oh, we can actually God. hey, we should actually Morgan, try we to get definitely him, on here be and ask him the questions right here. That would be great, Morgan team you know, live on air, putting everybody in the hot seat. Let's try to get a guest on next time. Next show we'll get
0: on for sure. Let's do it. Done. All right. Next question. What are we on round four already? Round four. Nice. Does the UFC delay Zhang and Xiaonan until they can hold an event in China or do they just go for it? If Xiaonan, uh, if not Xiaonan, who should Zhang fight? Um, well, listen yeah, uh, I, I wouldn't wait around for that one. Um, <laughs> I think you're going to have to figure out where else she's going to fight because I don't know if uh, rumored to head to China in December for a pay-per-view. We'll see. Yeah, unless we're um in World War three anytime soon. So yeah. hopefully that's not the case. But if we do go there, then yeah, that's that's absolutely you just hold off and you put that fight. So if that rumor ends up coming true that we are going to China, then you 100% just hold off and put those two together. I mean, that's going to be, epic over there yeah and you got to realize like the ufc is a global organization we're not just looking at what are the numbers going to be in the u.s we're looking at tv deals and pay-per-view deals from around the world and they're all different they're all set up different if the ufc can have two chinese competitors going against each other to headline in china yeah it's gonna be mind-blowingly huge for the sport huge money wise huge for those two athletes they're going to become mega stars even more so than Zhang already is and now Zhao nan has got a huge opportunity and dude let's talk about that performance real fast and you we kind of said it right we said that people are sleeping on this girl and then you end up sleeping in front of her because if you charge that girl she's got the skills to do it and we've got to talk about the fact that andras her style is kind of predictable now, bro. Mm-hmm. Yes, she's powerful. Yes, she's fast. But jumping up and down weight classes and rushing people the way she does, it was a matter of time before these these fights started happening this way where you get clipped and you get put down like that. You, chin comes up too much. It happened in her fight against, um, from Jersey. Oh, Blanchfield. Blanchfield. And yeah. then it happened again in this one. Yeah. Uh, I, I think. Uh,
1: I think we're seeing the changing of a guard in this one for sure you know, it's, her style definitely has not evolved. And I do feel like her jumping around in weight classes like has its advantages and disadvantages. The advantages is if if an opportunity comes across your desk that you want to jump at at a weight class above and the UFC is okay with it. Because keep in mind, people like, if I call Mick Maynard and say, hey, I want to come up to 85, I see this guy's hurt. He's going to be like, no, <laughs> like yeah. they don't they don't really allow their ranked fighters that freedom of movement where it's like Andraj. She kind of has that ability to where she if there's a short notice opportunity at 25, she can go up. But Teddy Atlas told Dana he's he, he was sitting with Dana at the fights. And as Andraj kept rushing in, leading with multiple left hooks, he leaned in and told Dana, when I coach fighters at sparring, if they lead with left hooks like that, I, I, I will stop the sparring and say, you're going to get yourself knocked out. So yeah. what happens as Teddy is saying this to Dana, boom, right hand down the middle, you know, it's, I don't know if it's Andrade's confidence in her power or her lack of respect towards her opponents, not being able to hurt her. I don't know if she ever feels, a, especially at 25, I don't know if she feels a threat of danger, but. I think that she she does need to make some adjustments, even though she's a shorter fighter. You can set that yeah. left left hook up, working off a jab, setting up some fake right hands, things to load up that punch instead of just leading with it, especially in succession. Chin,
0: and the chin up, man. The chin, chin is up. up.
1: Yeah. yeah, that's that's that. You know, hopefully she bounces back. But to the point of the China main event, look, I called it. I think that fight would be huge. And if they're doing a rumored pay per view in China, then you put these girls on ice. And then you set up that fight in China. That would be huge. I could be the co-main event against Li Jingliang. We could finish oh, our business. Set, set it, up.
0: it up. Set it up. And I'll what be calling it. Because if it's in China, I'm there.
1: <laughs> we're going over there together.
0: Listen, we're bringing our martial arts skills. Roundup's going to China. We're not afraid Boom. of anybody. you <laughs> We're going to USA. China.
1: I would do it. I would do it. I love. I just like that fight. So, But this isn't about epic. me. This is about the fighters at UFC this is about. I'm here yeah. for the Chinese main event. John John Way John Lee, I think it'd be great. <laughs> All right, round five.
0: That's awesome. Michael's co-main event in China in December. You heard it here first on Roundup. Morgan, round five. All right, when not in camp or training for a triathlon, Michael, I think we're talking about you. What yeah. oh, yeah. go to spread when watching pay-per-views at home,
1: including drink choices?
0: All right, Michael, you go first. You just yeah. talked about what you were drinking and eating for the time. Yeah, the man.
1: Let it go. So, you know, out of camp, obviously I'm out of camp. I wish I was in camp, but I'm out of camp. And you know, we went to this nice place called Zona Blanca and there's this five-star chef there named Chad White, who's a good friend of mine. And we were eating, he rolled out the red carpet. We were drinking top shelf tequilas and mm. he had some leftover A5 drunken Wagyu steaks. So mm. he was he was far- char grilling up some Wagyu steaks. We had these tacos, we had carne asada, we had pork belly. We had so much good food. Yeah, we, you know you're we watching the fights, of course. And then once the, we got to the main card, you know, I had to move elsewhere and move to the charcuterie boards and the snacks as we were sitting in my friend Patrick's apartment watching the fights. But if I'm out of camp, you know I like to splurge on the food and the beverages, Paul. You know I'm a man of I like the finer things in life. You know, you know? I like top shelf booze and top shelf food. You know it's 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 you know uh, it's so I'm, good.
0: I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go and keep it a little more uh, blue collar here. All right, so. <laughs> While Michael's having charcuterie boards and top shelf tequilas, I'm in my basement here, as you can see with the posters in the background. A couple of friends come over, we get a couple cases of, you know, we'll go, we'll go good with the beer. I'll get, a few, I always like to get a couple of six yeah. strong beers, some yeah. Belgian style beers, some with yeah. a little, you know, eight percent ABV type style beers. Yeah, and we get something a little lighter. I'm from the East Coast, we do the gingling a lot, so I'll get a couple of the mm. sixteen ounce cans uh, of of lager or a blackened pan and then uh i do like to have a little silver tequila laying around as well Uh, just in case you're feeling froggy stay away from shots of the brown stuff anymore man was when i I was a young man that's when the the fighting irish came out of me and my wife will kill me now if she sees me taking like shots of jameson so we keep it blanco we keep it silver here yeah and uh as far as food listen I'm living in Delaware County these days. We'll keep it Delco style. We'll get some, uh, nifty fifties, easy cheeseburgers down here. Some cheese fries, mm-hmm. maybe, uh, some, some hoagies in here, some Italian hoagies, ham and cheese hoagies. We'll, we'll, we'll slice them up and yeah. then, uh, there'll be a late night call to Wawa and there'll be lots of candy bars. and Ooh, uh, I'm cake a candy guy. Time. So, I love it. So, so yeah, that's, that's usually what I'll go down. If I don't have any races coming up or anything like that on the yeah. dock.
1: that that's how it goes down here in the, uh, in Felder's Casa. Here. Well, I got, I got to admit that, you know, this weekend was kind of a fluke because we just went out to get tacos. Cause it's like Cinco de Mayo weekend. And then we ended up, I didn't realize my buddy Chad was going to be working and he was working this like outdoor bar and there was nobody there. So we're like, we'll just sit out here with Chad. And we just got looped into this
0: huge All fiasco
1: man. ball. Most of the time we're at the house, we're drinking Modelo's. you know, they're brewed for the fighting spirit. Oh,
0: of course. We Come on Modello. Where, where's the Modelo sponsor at?
1: We, we devour in this house and we drink Modelo. You know?
0: yeah <laughs> <It devours. laughs> that's what we do hey that's we, need, we they need to re up. they need come to re up that that deal with us come if they want on. us to be more that's devours it. michael i'm ready for that deal hey hey reed reed we need to call reed <laughs> yeah, and get reed, that I'll devour deal right get back.
1: roundup on get devourer on roundup let's get some corporate sponsor here you know
0: Hey, look at us. You know, we Thank crushed us. this episode. We talked all these topics. We're, we're we're keeping it short here. Um so let's just get closing thoughts. Michael, what would you like to kind of address from 288 real quick before we wrap it up that we didn't get to touch on some fights, some performances, anything that stood out to you?
1: Uh you know, there's one thing and, and we didn't we talked about it before the show and I know we're in our closing thoughts So I'll, I'll keep this short. Um you know, there there wasn't a performance that stood out to me, but it was what I had said earlier about being wary of the frequency of when you fight mm. because there is a balance. There is a balance of fighting at the right pace or overworking yourself. And I think that just like we talked about in the last show with Cowboy Cerrone during his run, when he was fighting every month, every two months, that will come back to bite you in the butt. You can only redline for so long as an athlete before things start to break down. So I think that was a, um, you know, that was kind of a theme for one of the bigger fights for, um, for ufc 288 in the aftermath so that was kind of something i wanted to touch on before we moved off the show um but what do you got for me paul well you know i think
0: we just got to talk about uh um, Marab <laughs> and the jacket feeling <laughs> yes. that happened on saturday night and jumping on top of the cage Listen, that guy's <laughs> oh. a menace. That guy's a menace whether he's in the cage fighting or whether he's in there just supporting a teammate he has energy for days that guy he got a hold of that jacket i mean Jumped on the oh,
1: octagon, jumped on The octagon, yeah. He's the UFC's most there. interesting man. Like if yeah. we had a most Dosaki's most interesting man, it would yeah. be Really, one hundred percent.
0: I mean, he took all that shine from Sugar Sean, just oh. ripped that jacket, got it, and just made it way more hilarious wearing that thing.
1: I, those Long Island guys, they're, they're hilarious. They all are you know al steamroller vanilla. you they're know nuts. rob they all, oh, all and crazy. there's
0: another one steamroller with an unbelievable performance speaking of um mm. incredible but, but we could sit here and talk a lot some of those early fights were really epic uh 288 in the books ufc roundup in the books guys as you see down below send us your questions we want to get you on the show this show is all about the fan questions the topics and that last question things like that we welcome it what are we eating? What are we drinking? What are you guys eating? What are you guys drinking? Send us pictures. Send us all that stuff. Um, we'll be
1: back soon. I'm not sure when. Couple yeah, we'll weeks. be back before 289. So probably we will be back the Wednesday before yeah, Canada? In Vancouver. Yeah, that's me. I'll be there. I'll be calling that one, baby. I haven't decided if I'm going yet, Paul, but if so, oh. p- poutine date, poutine, yeah. poutine and the Sure. poutine
0: and some bl- bl- bats and let's go and go play some hockey yeah or some uh, curling yeah
1: (laughs) all right everybody peace out we'll see you guys in a few weeks